When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Episode 7, Balls on Parade. The book, Rogue Planet, by Greg Bear. The year, 2000. Uh, with your host, Jeff and John. I forgot where I was. Okay, let's go. Hello and welcome back to Expound Universe, the Star Wars novel discussion podcast where I'm Jeff and that's John. Woo! And we've got some uh, some accidental mistakes in the form of miracles in the form of uh, Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar cans. Yeah, something happened to these cans. The whole box. Pressure change, dropped, something like that, but all of them are kind of misshapen. Yeah, just they're really hard to open. I had to beat mine open with whatever little chunk of metal I could find nearby. It turned out to be a pair of toenail clippers. Yeah. Don't, oh, don't worry, I use the non-business end. There's not a toenail. Like I use residual. the pleasure end. Yeah, really, <laughs> the amateur end of the toenail clippers. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I was careful so as not to lodge a tiny toenail residual deep within my Dr. Pepper and thus choke myself on air yeah. in the most embarrassing way to die that I think anyone's ever come up with. Yeah. Choked on his own toenail in a garage making a podcast. He's got a toenail caught in my throat. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, so how are you? Great. I mean, outside of this being very difficult to drink from, everything's wonderful. I haven't tried drinking from mine yet. I just tried beating it open. Well, at least your weird misshapen part isn't at the mouth. No, mine's on the back, which just made it harder to open, but easier to drink from in the long run. Yeah, the opening of my can basically has the prow of a ship coming out <laughs> that I am drinking from. It's like it's got an underbite. It's like you're trying to make out with someone with a really big underbite. It's like I'm trying to make out with barren underbite. Yeah, or like an open cash register. One of those two. <laughs> hey, that's someone's fetish. Hey, that's my weekend. Yeah. You know, you, you go on down to AO3 and check to see how many reader <laughs> slash open cash register. Open cash register, barren underbite, thick. <laughs> someone's into that. And and I respect it. It's kind of like trying to make out with one of them Sonic the Hedgehog painted toilets. You know, one of them. Yeah. One well, of the many of them. You know there's more than one. You know. You know. <laughs> listener you know if there's fan art of them that means that there's someone who has looked at the fan art and been like i want my toilet to be sonic's open waiting mouth and (laughs) and and has gone to do the job themselves uh yeah yep well i think they envision when they're looking at their sonic toilet that sonic speaks with a like sort of affect that is derived from having a constantly open toilet mouth or does he speak normally like like when they look at the toilet are they imagining julial white or are they like yeah, no, I, I mean, I mean, when you're looking at your toilet that is painted to look like Sonic the Hedgehog with his mouth open, do you, do you imagine him saying in a Julia White voice, I'm hungry for your poops? Or is it more like, I'm for poo? Yeah. Which, which one is it? Which one is he thinking of? The person who owns that toilet? Yeah, listeners, let us know. Yeah, if, you're, if you own one of these Sonic toilets... <laughs> Get at us, at System Mastery on Twitter. Uh-huh. I mean, X. <laughs> yeah. No, it's okay. No, it's fine. We, we, we can just call it. It's fine. <laughs> what we can't do is make jokes that I've seen so much of recently. It's fucking driving me nuts. I mean, we'll get to Star Wars eventually. You know, yeah, yeah, I mean, Star Wars will happen. Don't Star worry Wars about is it. always <laughs> fucking there. There's enough goddamn Star Wars. Let's all just admit it to each other. Let's um, all have a moment where we all admit to ourselves and God that there's too much Star Wars. Yeah. You know what? Like, uh, But I, what I was trying to get to here is I've seen enough of the, the I'm dead naming Twitter yeah joke where i'm like guys that's just the one joke you know how conservatives always have one joke and it's this joke and they keep telling it over and over again it's the same fucking joke when you tell it yeah you don't need to do that just just fucking let it go you'd be like i'm not going to call it x because fuck elon musk that's fine but trans people don't need to get shot out of the out of the side of your car when you're driving it into x yeah exactly just don't make the gag doesn't need to happen thanks (laughs) (sighs) <sighs> so uh so you're doing good though oh, I'm, I'm all right 
Yeah. Playing that Baldur's Gate. Having a good time. A lot of people playing that Baldur's Gate. I have played through the opening couple, two hours of it, like six times, trying to figure out what class I want to be. That is what I assume most people's experience is, because if you look at, like, oh, the achievements that people get, they're like, why is it that only 20% have the achievement of getting out of the tutorial zone? Oh, yeah. No, I played as a monk for, like, two hours, which apparently is one of the lower-played classes, I obviously. No one likes monks. Um, and I killed, like, one of the first intellect devourers, which is bare hand strikes, and I got an achievement that 0.27% of people have, which is kill anything with bare hands. Yep. <laughs> no, there's there's a lot of stuff in here where you're like, oh, people have just been fucking around. Yeah, just no one's no one's getting anywhere. I think I may have finally settled on Bard. I'm enjoying the sheer amount of dialogue options you get. Yeah. And I'm playing a forest gnome as well, which just means that I at the start of every day I cast Speak with Animals and Detect Thoughts, and I'm like, yeah, I get every dialogue option. Thank you. I want to know absolutely everything. It's ma- maximum information. I want every single thing I could possibly click. I don't want to find out I'm missing story. Because I'll tell you, this is a total aside, and we will eventually discuss Star Wars. Now, Star Wars is coming. It's coming. Just, just stay tuned for Star, Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars is coming. Yeah, right after these messages, we'll talk Star Wars. But uh, I was like, ooh, Larian's going to improve how shitty 5th edition D&D is. Hooray! And they did in some cases, right? There's some neat class improvements and so on. But then I was like, wait, you put fucking crit fail on skill rolls in this thing? Yeah. Why did you do that? That's something that's... It's a fucking shitty optional rule in 5th edition D&D. You didn't need to make that real. Yeah. It's... I mean, it's definitely just... I don't even know if it is a published optional rule yeah, or if it's, it's just really a house the, rule it's in the fifth edition dmg there's, okay. there's there's crit fail and crit success on skill rolls as an option all right um but it's a bad idea i mean the the real problem is they took away readied actions and the dodge action which means if you're a melee guy and you can't get to someone on your turn you're like well my options are to sit with my dick in my hand carry a bow yeah and it's bad if you're like i'm a strength guy i don't have decks i will shoot you with my oh no i didn't <laughs> I guess that's fair. You know, that's fair. You, you, you get points for that. Hey, yeah. You know what? You know, you know what? Carry a big rock. <laughs> the game's got a throw button. When he comes around the corner, hit him with the rock. I'm just, the game's got a throw shit button. I assume it's for throwing shit. I've obviously, like 99.76% of the player base have never killed anyone by hooking shit from my inventory. At well, them. here's the thing. I definitely have. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I have. For sure, thrown a great axe at a guy yeah. out of just pure anger. <laughs> it's like when you run out of bullets and you throw the gun at a guy. From now that on, is what I have been doing. From now on, I'm not going to offload all the skulls I pick up on inv- uh, on uh, various merchants. I'm just going to carry them and hurl them at people and that see is what happens. Essentially, what looted daggers and shitty weapons are for for me is if you are a uh, a berserker barbarian, you can get a bonus action where you either do a melee attack. Or throw a thing, and I'm like, oh, if I'm not close enough, I'm just hucking shit in my inventory at Ooh, you. a little shadow action, I like it. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. So anyway, uh, did you want to talk Star Wars? Yeah, sure. Let's talk. I, well, you know. I mean, Baldur's, Star Wars. Baldur's Gate 3 is something that no one's talking about right now. It's it's the hot topic. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's I think it's uncharted ground. It's the cold people, topic. People really want our pioneering early adopter opinions of this game that I feel like has gone way under the radar. Yeah, no one has really picked up on it, and I think we should shine a spotlight on an underserved piece of video game ephemera. Exactly. Like, I I don't know if you people knew this, but that uh, they recently released a graphic bear sex simulator that has a surprisingly large game built around that part. Yeah. Yeah. You you got to really play for a while to get to it. They make you work for it. It's weird. You'd think, you know, if it's, if it's called Graphic Bear Sex Simulator, it'd be like the first thing. You'd think. Yeah. That's what it's called, by the way. Baldur's Gate 3 Graphic Bear Sex Simulator, now with graphics. And it's, it's uh, you know, it gets to the point. You can indeed have sex with a bear. Yeah. BG3, when it gets, you know, shortened, stands for bear, graphic, and then the three stands for sex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There's there's also two equal signs in an open bracket on the other side. Uh, so, uh, and, then, and then some tildes after that. Of tildes. <laughs> <laughs> the full title of Baldur's Gate Three. Ugh. People don't often go into how it's got a complicated dick emoji and the dick's got a real weird head on it because it's a three and not a D or something. When last we left our heroes. <laughs> 
Uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin had been finally invited to go meet their seed partners. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate that they are then smothered by balls as soon as they meet the seed partners mm-hmm. it was a bad grinder date just buried in fragrant balls immediately <laughs> yep so or a great grinder date i mean it depends on what you're looking for we should have called the episode teabagged by zonama sakat but what are you gonna do <laughs> uh so we left obi-wan and anakin after having all of the spiky balls in the seed partner chamber mm-hmm. sort of smothering them also sinar has been brokering a some sort of truce or An new deal with Key Dave. Yeah, he's becoming good friends with Key Dave. Yeah, him and Key Dave have an arrangement yeah. now. I, I can't wait to find out that that guy's name is supposed to be pronounced like Kadaev or something. No, but no, it's Key Dave. Never. It's it's like it's, I've taken to saying Seacoat because that's what they said in there instead of Sakat. Sure. Like you have been saying. But Seacoat, okay, Did, is there a pronunciation guy yeah, somewhere? There, there is a point where someone says, ah, like Seacoat. Oh, okay. And so I was like, all right, I'll say Seacoat. Yeah, and then Z- Zonama is pronounced with the exact same cadence as Yo Mama. Yeah. Which is, so it's Zonama Seacoat. Okay. Zonama so coat. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, Sinar is trying to make a better situation for himself, so he's got himself a nice droid that he's put an upgraded brain in, and he made a deal with Key Dave, and that is where we left the major players. That is correct, yes. Yeah, with our, our Jedi straight up dipped in it. And uh, we open with them being uh, rescued from Ball Dip. I mean, not so much rescued as just sort of checked in on, because, yeah. you know, Fars opens the door and is like, hey, what's going on in here? Oh my Christ. Yeah, it was like Kriegla Fars or whatever. Sheikla. Sheikla Fars. There are... Our rad muscle farmer lady, or labor yeah, lady. Yeah, our, our big muscle mommy. Uh-huh. So she comes in, and she's like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck? And uh, go, it, it, and behind her comes Gan, the, the guy who's, like, in charge of this part of the settlement. But he's not the guy in charge of everything. That's the magister. Huh. Um, so uh, he comes in, and he just starts calling out names. Weirdly, they don't say what names. I assume it's Obi-Wan and Anakin. Uh, and Obi-Wan rises up out uh, from underneath this giant pile of smashed balls. <laughs> And uh, and there's a few of them still stuck to him. Yeah, and they are covered in not only balls that are actually on them, but mm-hmm. there's a bunch of, like, just detritus and nonsense around them. Because as we had mentioned in the last episode, when the balls fell from the ceilings and started, like, smothering around them, a lot of them were, like, cracking. There was a bunch of, like, dust or spores or whatever that was being released. So there's, like little bits of, like, outer pod lying around. So there's a lot of crap on the floor as well. But when they come in, the walls are now completely covered in the little spike ball seed partner things again. A lot of them went back, but there was a a, a mountain of these things lying on top of our... Or or they regrew, we don't know. Uh, A lot of them are lying on top of the two. And in fact, Anakin doesn't even extricate himself. Obi-Wan has to reach over and grab him by the hand and pull him out. And this is when we learn that while... Obi-Wan has managed to attract three balls, which is a normal amount of balls, according to the uh, standard the amount that, of that balls. That is the right and correct normal amount. Of, I feel really weird saying that. I, I'm starting to feel like this is too juvenile for us. So I'm going to stop going for the cheap and easy jokes. And, uh-huh. and, and so he's been told that the three is the right number of big plant testicles uh-huh. uh, to have attached to him. And then Anakin comes out with 12 of them. Yeah, he's got a full fucking dozen of these things attached, mm-hmm. which is why they like send in a couple little helper ladies to go get Anakin because they attach themselves to Obi-Wan and Anakin and they kind of are like, oh, they stuck through, like the little spikes on them have gone through the clothes. Right into them, but they don't hurt. Well, he's like, oh, I can feel it touching me. It's not like stabbing. There's no wound. It's not in me. Yeah. But it's just like, I can feel it wants to make contact with me. Well, it's doing the same thing that that chair did on the lamina floor the other day, in the other episode, where it just sort of attaches and starts becoming part of it and feeding from them and feeding them. I mean, except they immediately go, no, it's not doing that. Yeah. It seems like that it is, should be that. That is the first idea Obi-Wan has. He's like, hey, so are these are these things fucking eating me? Am I being eaten by balls? And they're like, no, it's not like drinking your blood or anything. They just, they are now both attached to you, like, 
literally and also they are emotionally attached to you. These things are alive Mm -hmm. and they want to be as close to you as possible. They're your little buddies now. You guys each get some pets and what the shit, Anakin has 12 of them. That's a wild amount. Like normally we send one guy in there and he comes out with three, the correct number of testicles and you've come out with the correct number. So congrats to you. But okay, I'm just going to go ahead and say it even though Gan doesn't actually, he hints at it. Are you guys fucking Jedi? I feel like you may have lied that you were Jedi. Because hey, if you're Jedi, you got to tell me. You got to tell us, because <laughs> otherwise the balls go all out of whack if you're Jedi. that's a, It's a problem. I mean, even then he's like, oh, I've never seen anyone get this many. Like, three is normal, and maybe a couple more, but a dozen, he's like, this is unheard of. That's never happened. And remember, these things are the size of a human head. So, like, a 12-year-old is covered in... Tw- 12 of these. Mm-hmm. So he is having a hard time moving around with a bunch of soccer ball spiky things covering his ass. Yeah. Keep in mind that an average, just the brain part of a human head weighs like eight pounds. And that doesn't take into account the skull and so on. And he's got, again, 12 of these. He's probably got more weight than he can carry, just stuck well, all mean, over him. It's not like they weigh the same as a human oh, head. Oh, they weigh exactly the same as a human head. In yeah. fact, they're slightly heavier. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Because the human ball is famously heavier, denser than the human head. Very dense. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. The <laughs> couple of attendants come in and help Anakin to get to, like, a resting couch where he can lie there with a bunch of balls on him. And Obi-Wan, of course, is like, oh, shit, what the fuck has happened? But when he reaches down to, like, you know, lift Anakin up initially, he's like, all right, well, his pulse is normal. Anakin, how you doing? He's like, I'm fine. <laughs> and you're like, oh, he's remained in that Jedi sil- stillness thing that he achieved last time where he's just like, I'm one with everything and it's fine. These balls want to be my friends. Yeah, They're very friendly. These are just friendly balls. They, they just love it here and they want to say hello. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that's good. Right. And basically the first thing you hear from, from, uh, from, uh, get Gan. No, what? What? Kreela. Sheikla. 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 I don't Cree, but Sheikla comes in. And she's like, "Wow, you guys are going to make a ridiculously good ship." Normally, these ships are made out of three of these things. They don't get especially huge. They just get way more complex and more have more systems and so on. The more balls you can throw in there, and that is a fuckload of balls. You're going to make the wildest ship. Oh yeah, and then you have to imagine. Normally, like the one we saw that was under Sinar's care has to be, you know, a standard one. And it was like a fighter. Yeah. And so with 15 of them, you're like, I don't know, man, are you going to make like a fucking organic Millennium Falcon or something? Mm -hmm. Like, what are you making here? Yeah. Who knows? We have no idea whether or not they're ever actually going to get to the ship part of the island. Uh, That might be a part of this book we'd ever actually find out. But instead, what happens is Gan comes in and he's like, hey, sorry to burst your bubble, but uh, you're not going to get to make a ship right away. We're going to put those things on hold. We're going to put them in some ball boxes. Uh, they're going to be real mad about that. The balls hate being trapped in little boxes. Um, but they want to be free to breathe. Yeah, but you guys, we, we want to let them be free balling, but we can't. No, we've got to we've got to capture these balls. Mm-hmm. Really, really put them in like a hammock somewhere. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but don't worry, we'll give them lots of bananas to eat. <laughs> and um, but you two need to go talk to the magister. I just got word from the magister that he needs to see you. Yeah, and Gan assumes that he's like. Ooh, you're in trouble. Because Gan is also, like, we find out in these chapters, chapters just an absolute fastidious, rules-centric guy who's like, yes, and this is how proper things are done. I'm a little fosspot. <laughs> oh, oh, no, I couldn't possibly. <laughs> and Sheikla's like, yeah, whatever, gives a fuck. <laughs> but he's like, yeah, all right, we're going to put your balls in boxes, and then you got to go see the Magister, and the Magister will decide whether or not you get an actual ship or not. Yeah, so we'll just keep them until you get back. And either way, either you make them into a ship or they go back into the potentium. The potentium. Uh, so, you know, sorry about that, but off you go. Gotta get on an airplane because everything here is f- large amounts of distance from everything else. Yeah. So we're going pretty much all the way to the equator this time. Yeah, the, the trip to go see the Magister is... A while. The Magister is not near fucking anything. Now, they had to go from middle distance to far distance, and then from far distance to where the Magister is, and Mm -hmm. far distance is fucking, like, probably one of the poles, so they're basically going from the pole to the equator. Yes. So it is a while, and they have some time to discuss things. Mm Mm-hmm. Which they do. And anyway, we'll move on. (laughs) 
Anyway, no one cares. Honestly, they sit down and they have this long, very well thought out discussion about class selection in Baldur's Gate 3, which we will now recount here. (laughs) Weird. Oddly prescient. Yeah, you'd think. I mean, I don't even remember if Baldur's Gate... I mean, obviously it was. It was clearly a 90s game. Yeah. Uh... So, because especially because it has to be a '90s game because it's a second edition game, and third edition came out around 2000. Yep. So it has to be from the '90s. Uh-huh. That's the only thing that makes sense. That's, that's the only way this makes sense. Yeah. So anyhow, uh, instead they just have a long discussion about how. Uh, well, Obi Wan is a little worried about what the Magister's whole deal is, and Anakin couldn't be happier. He mostly just keeps dragging the conversation back around to how they're going to get a cool ship and how he hopes they don't have to not make the ship. Oh yeah, his whole thing he's like oh did you see i got a fucking dozen ass balls this is gonna be fucking great i'm gonna get a ship and obi-wan is like is it is it really important to you to have this ship and he's like yes it is the only thing i have ever wanted in my life he's like why i wanted obi-wan to be like okay what's your rationale for why that ship is so important and just have anakin go oh um i'm 12 (laughs) oh you see uh i am a child and this is a cool ship Uh uh-huh and that's the full explanation. I'd crawl through a mile of spiky balls to get a cool spaceship. You don't understand. I don't even like being in space or spaceships, but this is a cool ship. I want that ship. I am 12. I want that cool ship. And Obi-Wan, I want that cool ship. It's, it's like asking me if I if I could go to a place and they would give me a pet dinosaur, why I want that pet dinosaur so bad. Because it's a fucking dinosaur and I'm 12. Do you understand me? <laughs> to hear you speak, Obi-Wan, it's like you had never been 12 yourself. Uh, and indeed, he never had. That's true. On the planet he's from, Boda Jeff, you skip your 12th birthday. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that one's just a freebie. It's gone. Yep. I wonder if it's still... Wait, is he from Boda Jeff or is he... I think he might be from Stu John. It could be. It could be either. Yeah, he, I think he's from Stu John because... because uh, Boda Jeff, I don't remember what the fuck happens there, but Stu John is the one from when uh, George Lucas was be- was talking to John Stewart. Yes, and George Lu- or Stewart was asking him a tough qu- a question that didn't have an answer yet, because that's how it came about. So he's like, "Where's Obi Wan? What's his home planet?" And he was like, "I don't know. We could call it Stu John," and then it became officially that. Yeah, because that's the way nerds are with Star Wars. Yeah. So well, anyway, on Stu John, you don't get a twelfth birthday. You have to be solid and, st- and serious and boring. Yep. And you look forward to the day that you become of age and can become a real, like, sarcastic piece of shit. Of course, Obi-Wan, when that 12th birthday would have come around, would already have been in the fucking Jedi Temple because oh, they yeah. get them young. That's right. That's the whole young They're thing. grooming. Yeah. So, I mean, there there's multiple conversations going on. Uh, Anakin is starting to become so en- enthralled by the notion of getting a cool ship that he's starting to doubt his earlier thing belief that this this uh, whole planet's got something weird going on with it. Well, yeah, he's like, "Hey man, did you do you still get that weird like wave of singular destiny coming?" He's like, "Yeah, maybe." I, yeah, <laughs> comes I pro- and goes. I did, but I'm starting to think I might be wrong cuz everyone here's so nice and I'm going to get a spaceship. And Obi-Wan's like, "No, you're not wrong. I am now also feeling it. That shit is very much real." Yeah, you are just my fucking canary in the coal mine here cuz you're way more sensitive than I am. Mm-hmm. But yeah, shit's weird here and he's like i don't want shit to be weird i want a spaceship (laughs) if shit's weird it means i might not get a spaceship so they pass over a vast forest where all the leaves are inflated like like a blimp forest because it's the part of the world where they grow the airship gondola balloons yeah they get big old balloon leaves Uh uh-huh and then eventually they come to a giant scar in the face of the planet which they only very briefly saw during the approach to the ship or the uh the world on the starsea flower uh and now they get a chance to actually get a good look at one. And somehow Obi-Wan is immediately like, that isn't just a canyon in this world. That's a battle wound. Yeah, which is wild to make that leap. Yeah. You're like, ah, that canyon looks like a, a wound upon the world. And I'm like, how? Like, unless it was literally bleeding. But it's described, he's like, yeah, there's a canyon down there. You can see some basalt. And it's got some, like, waterfalls pouring mm-hmm. into it because... You know, obviously rivers, rivers fly, f- flow through. It seems recent, like it doesn't f- seem like a like naturally eroded one because he goes, oh, you can tell that shit is just pouring in here from an area that it wasn't normally. Yes. So it's not like, oh, a river slowly eroded this over years. Someone blasted a hole in this. Mm-hmm. So I guess. See, I would have looked at it and immediately been like, ah, that's where they do the mining because they're going to need some minerals to make some shit out of as well. And maybe on this world, mining is done organically, so they don't need a lot of machinery or whatever that's out invisible. So that's just a strip mine. 
Zonama Sukkot style. Um, I, I mean, I would be like, depending on how it looked, I could see saying, oh, that looks like someone blew a crater in here. Sure. But his whole deal is like, that looks like a wound. Like this planet has suffered a great blow from a, I guess, a planet-sized wolverine. Um, and, and it's like, are you already doing the, oh, this whole planet is one guy thing? Because I feel like if you are, you should probably lead with that instead of these weird little hints at it. Now, there is a point in these chapters where I started to think of a thing that isn't at all remotely true, but I went, man, it would be great if it was. And that is, they keep talking about like, oh, there's like uh, this big wave of destiny. They start talking about Vergeer and what happened to her and why isn't she here? And they had mentioned like, oh, some of the balls that chose you guys like were a couple of the balls that chose Vergeer and then she left before. Yeah, but they she don't say Vergeer. They're not allowed to discuss. They have a client no. confidentiality. Like, thing. oh, that was someone else's balls, but then they uh, declined the ship and left. Mm-hmm. So it goes back into the potentium. Yeah. So when they're flying, they're like, that was obviously Vergeer, right? Like, who else could it fucking be? Yeah. I mean, clearly they're. The ones that came out were attracted to Jedi, mm-hmm. so they came and got us again because we're the closest thing to what they were attracted to. Yes. And part of me started thinking, wouldn't it be great if all of the Sinar stuff that seems like it's happening concurrently was actually happening with the Vergeer trip? And the oh, whole, like, Tarkin being like, oh, they're taking off and you gotta follow them now, was Vergeer's trip there, and the big scar in the planet came from Sinar's, like, attack on here, and it was this weird, like, oh, the twist is these are happening at two separate periods. Yeah, the only problem is that uh, that would be super rad, but it wouldn't make sense logically of because Dave's of Key backstory. Dave. Yeah. yeah, and as soon as I remembered that, I was like, oh, I thought of a really cool thing that could be happening, and it's not, and I'm sad now. Because... <laughs> <laughs> Going like, ooh, there's these battle scars and all that. What happened here? And what happened to Vergeer? And having Sinar be that sort of twist where it goes, oh, and then we find out that this is what happened. Sinar showed up. Vergeer had to, like, fight him off and leave. But that left a big scar on the planet. Like, that would be neat. Yeah. I'm still very curious that uh, Anakin, or the Obi-Wan, rather, is like, I think that's a wound on the planet. Like, I would love to hear his concept on what it is that carved a canyon into the planet. Like a wound, and then was like, I guess, defeated or driven back or whatever, as uh, but instead of just finishing this. It's weird. Especially it, if it's like another planet. Like, you know, it's going to need to have a big old claw. <laughs> oh, man. It's just laser blast. It's a big old laser blast. You'd think that had set a lot of the Boras on fire, and there's no evidence of fire surrounding the ring of this thing. Well, that is the other thing, is this is a giant, like non bored area yes like it's, gar- it's gouged out yeah because that was one of the big things is he was like oh when we saw this on the initial descent in and seeing it now it stands out because normally like this entire northern hemisphere is just covered in green mm-hmm. and there's this one giant strip of gray because it's just rock and destroyed nonsense yes yeah so anyway they're they're assuming Especially on the flight back, which we'll get to, that, that they must be doing a lot of zigzagging to dodge showing more garbage, like like damage to the planet. But anyway, let's just get to it. Uh, they're using Jedi mind tricks to make it so that the pilot can't hear them. Uh, no- notably, there's also a point where Anakin's like, I'm surprised they never checked us for weapons. And Obi-Wan is like... Oh, they, they think they did. Yeah, they think they did. They would also be surprised to learn they didn't. And <laughs> Anakin's like, wait, you managed to fucking slip that shit past me? Which is a little arrogance from this 12-year-old. But then he's, instead of being grumpy about it, he's, like, excited. He's, he's like, like, damn, wow. that rules. I guess it's good thing you're my master, because you can still fool me. Yeah. So so that's kind of fun. And then eventually they make their way to where the Magister lives, who he's, like, on a volcano, a, a basalt volcanic rock plane. He's on. He's in a classic supervillain layer. Yes. Like, ah, yes. Uh, he's built into the side of a volcano, and he's got, like, a weird terrace that looks nothing like the rest of the uh, like villages that everyone else has on Seacoat. You're like, all right, weird. Yeah, and notably, very little plant life. It's all just volcanic rock with a couple of viney tendrils here and there, and that's it. Uh, and the whole thing is built out of these giant basalt blocks with windows and shit carved into them, but it's giant and very imposing. The pilot drops them off on the other side of a giant crushed volcanic rock plane to lead to it, and as they make their way, their way towards this thing, uh, wondering what they're going to find in there, what kind of obvious supervillain. Uh, they're greeted by, instead, a girl that's about Anakin's age. Yeah. 
a little girl shows up who, I mean, she's for Rowan, so like definitely much taller than Anakin because they're all very tall. She's a weird for Rowan, though. This is the first time I've heard that they had gold sclera and, and she has like black uh yeah, black black eyes with gold sclera. Yeah. That, weird. That, that's the first time we've heard their eyes in description. So I was like, wait, is this a new kind of alien thing? Neat. All right. But no, they're just more for Rowan's. Yeah. And it pisses Anakin off because she basically just comes up and is like, Hey, acknowledges Obi-Wan, the adult, and is like, hey, you can come here. And Anakin gets all fucking grumpy. He's like, oh, she didn't acknowledge me. I'm like, yeah, you're a 12-year-old. Who gives a shit? (laughs) Yeah, and Obi-Wan has to take a second in his head and be like, oh, great. Now Anakin's going to be on edge and shitty all day. He didn't get his attention bubble. I'm going to have to let him have the Game Boy Advance. It's okay. You're a very special boy, and everyone knows it. All right. You can play Gen 3 Pokemon. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to catch a diglet. <laughs> I'm going to catch a diglet. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, she leads them into the building. And this is weirdly done very much in sort of an afterthoughty way where they don't. The the, set, the introduction of the Magister happens off screen and we, we rejoin them mid-conversation. And he's not very interesting. He's just a Faroan guy wearing pants and a shirt. They were expecting, like, a big king man or something, and he's not. He's just, like, some guy. Yeah, and the entire area, again, unlike the rest of, like, the colonists here, this place seems to be made out of, like, actual Faroan furniture. So instead of being, yes. like, lamina and stuff like that, it's like, oh, this is stuff you brought from Faroa. Right, and and knowing what you know or what we know about Zonama Seacot, or Seacot, it, it's... uh. It's interesting to think that this guy is doing everything he can to be as far away from the plant life as possible. Seems to be the vibe. Like, he didn't bring in lamina furniture. There's a little bit of vines here and there, but mostly he's living on volcanic rocks so that plants do not want to make purchase here. Except, I mean, basically throughout this whole thing, we find out, no, this guy doesn't exist. He is an illusion created by the planet. Yes. Uh, Which is weird, because again, they're setting him all up with like, oh yeah, this guy's not even near the plant life. This is a strange, why is he here? And it's yeah. like, oh, he, that's got nothing to do with it. That's just another little dodge. It's And again, we get the thing when he first starts talking to him where he's like, oh, I'm much older than I seem. Because he does have the like almost fully black hair, which again, for Owens go from like white hair to black hair when they get older. Yeah. And so he's like, oh, I've been here a while. And of course, I had some trouble about 50 years ago and I know about Jedi. And I'm like, oh, that whole like, yeah, heresy the thing. thing, the potentium. The potentium thing. It was about 50 years ago. Great. That's a perfect setup. Exactly right. why we would have Obi-Wan feel all weird about it. That That's great. That makes perfect sense. But then as they're having the conversation, Obi-Wan's like, oh, I went to go ask about Vergier and then psychically got that wiped from my ability to do. And then he realizes like, oh, this shit isn't real. None of that. Like, Looking at the Magister, he's like, oh, this dude's like a marionette. I have just reached the uncanny valley of this motherfucker. Which is wild, because now what the fuck is going on with this whole Jedi connection? Do we think the Potentium Jedi made their way out here and pretty much got eaten by the planet? Maybe? And and, and then he was like, well, I'll just keep his form around as a useful thing. And and I obviously do want more Jedi around, because that was delicious. So are we thinking it's a Waru situation where he's like, I gotta eat the Jedi? There's one problem with the Waru situation, which is that I know Vergier shows back up later. Yeah. Um, I don't know if she shows up in this book again. I I assume so. But then she's part of that fucking, they, they connect this book to the fucking shit that comes after the Yuzhan Vogue crisis, the like dark nest stuff. Ooh, sweet. Yeah. That's so weird. I don't know anything about it. I just know that Vergier and the, the person she ends up training as well are important people in Jason Solo's late life. Huh. Um, so it, it, so uh, there's some there's some shit that connects. That's a weird pick, a deep cut for having that show up in another book, but sure. It's because this book was written in 2000 and the Eugene Vaughn crisis was just wrapped up and they were doing the next thing and they wanted to connect the Clone War shit, the prequel shit, to the regular shit before the, everything got bought by Disney and someone put the kibosh and all that. Um, so they were trying to kind of unify the brands. Uh huh. And so this was one of the books that was used to kind of do that, to be written as a bridge. Right. Um, but I don't really know that much about it because this is my first time reading any book connected to any of that. Yeah. No, the, it's, it is weird here with the Magister thing. Cause they're like, oh, the, 
going through, he's like, oh, I can tell. And it's not just like, yeah, this guy doesn't see, he seems very uncanny valley. This is like getting like made in real time psychically for me. And also the daughters seem kind of weird. Well, yeah. They but then he's it. also like, oh, I assume this whole house is just an illusion. Yeah. We probably just got dropped off on some plane somewhere. And then we're just standing there staring into the middle distance until we get back on our ship and leave. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, it, there's a point where I feel like the, the planet fucking flaunts it. Because it just has, it, the little girl introduces herself as the daughter of the Magister. And her name is Wind. Uh-huh. And then later, just another one of her comes in. And there's a point where Anakin's looking at her is like, oh, identical twins? Oh, no, wait, that's literally the same person. Yeah. So the, the, he's not keeping that many templates on on file for, for what kind of people he can populate this place with. Yeah, I have to imagine that's got to be a thing where it was like, oh, the original Magister, because they're saying like, oh, it was this guy's like father or grandfather or whatever that formed this. And so yeah. he's the current one. You go, oh, yeah, that guy showed up and like psychically bonded if we're saying zonomacy code isn't evil just bonded with the planet and goes all right i have a template for you that's how i talk to people now yeah. i'll talk to them as you i mean part of it is also you get the impression that seacott has a very bad concept of human time scale because there's a point where he's like yes i had some misgivings with the jedi during an uprising that i no longer blame them for oh what was it now 50 years ago and obi-wan's like this dude's 40 this dude looks 40 years old. Yeah. Like, there's a point where he's like, well, wait a minute. I gotta remember that Faroan years are like three Earth years or whatever. The yeah, they shit. don't have the same aging scale that we do. But that's still, still wild. It doesn't add up, right? Uh, God damn it. Uh, this is a whole setup, isn't it? Yeah. I love that he walks out of there. And not only does he, but Anakin gets it. And Anakin's like, hey, that was all bullshit, right? And fucking obi-wan has to look at him and be like oh shut shut the fuck up shut I the just fuck kind of realize that it's not that we have to keep our our uh, voices down in front of the pilot it's also the fucking ship everything on this planet is a big ear yeah so they start having when they get out from the meeting with the magister which the magister goes like hey i just wanted to verify you were jedi that's cool no problems with that you're gonna be able to make your ship we're we're cool you can go back and do that all right bye and they leave and then they start having a, like, mouthing words at each other conversation because they're just like, well, we can't say anything out loud. And the Force doesn't let us just psychically talk to each other, but we're going to use Force-enhanced lip reading to just talk to each other without saying anything because right now, fully paranoid that everything on this planet is listening to them. Yes. Although... It's really more Obi-Wan that's paranoid. Anakin is primarily worried that this whole, this shit, this is an illusion. We might be being hunted for food or something. Uh, means he might not get to build a cool spaceship. Yes. Obi-Wan is like, oh man, I, I can mind trick a guy, but I don't think I can mind trick a whole planet to stop listening to us. I've got to, I've got to really be keeping it together and keeping it safe. And Anakin's like, oh man, an illusion. I hope this means we don't get a ship. I hope, I hope it doesn't mean we, I mean, I do want the ship, obviously. I really want that ship. Yeah, it doesn't mean we don't get a ship. Fair. It does mean we do get a ship. Mm -hmm. It doesn't don't mean we don't do not get a ship. <laughs> unless we don't do that. We do don't not we, do unless that. Unless we do don't that. <laughs> we don't do that not doing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but also, this is the point where they finally have the conversation. Obi-Wan's like, hey, I, something else is weird here. Have you noticed that the pilot is taking a really weird circuitous route? I think they're dodging showing us more of the surface. I think there may be more of those scars. Yeah. Every trip, they basically say like every trip we have taken here takes, you know, it's far away, but it's not that we're going slow enough and it's far enough that it should take as long as every trip takes. Cause it takes a while. Like they have sleeping accommodations on these ships because they assume you're going to have to take a fucking nap with this because we are going to be at this a while. Yeah. And so he's just like, oh, we're we're zigzagging. They're not just going a straight path. There has to be shit they're hiding. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then Anakin asks the obvious question about that, which is like, if they're zigzagging, then how come they flew us right over and next to that giant fucking canyon earlier? If you're worried that they don't want us to see them, but they just showed us one. And Obi-Wan's like, I don't know, maybe they literally had to go over that one to get where we were going. Or they knew we saw one coming in, so they're like, all right, we'll take you over one of them because it would be really suspicious if you never saw it again. Right. It's one of those. Something strange is going on. Yeah, they are doing weird things. I don't know why, but I am uncomfortable. 
Meanwhile, Sinar uh, shit is boring. I, let's, he's in fucking hyperspace for too long, and it's boring. But there is some, there is a little bit of forward motion. They do get where they're going at the yeah. end of the Sinar chapter. Yeah, Sinar is having a little conversation with Captain Ket, and is trying to flex his power. He's like, "All right, here's the thing. Uh, hey, Ket." What type of manufacturing capabilities do we have on here if I wanted to, you know, like 3D print some shit? And then he's like, well, it's a droid battlecruiser, so like the standard complement of droid manufacturing, we can make all kinds of astromechs and repair the shit we have. Yeah, and because we have a ton of astromechs as well, like they can work on things. Famously, they're there to like repair ships and shit. So yeah, so. yeah we've got capability to do that. Yeah. And but- he's just like, cool. I've created new programming. You're going to make copies of these programs and put them in all of the droids. And then I'm going to check that that happened on all of the droids to make sure that they have the new and updated programming. And Cat tries to be like, whoa, 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 hold on now. That's, that's, that's against regulations. And he just bulldozes past it like, yeah, I have special orders that I got from Tarkin. And you know you can't ever ask Tarkin whether or not you got orders from or someone got orders from him or not because he'll just kill you. So you're just going to have to trust me. We live in a very dumb military system. We live in a dumb society. <laughs> I mean, the other thing is Ket's specifically like, oh, that's against Trade Federation yes. regulations. And he's like, dude, what it isn't against is Republic regulations, which you are about to turn this into as soon as this mission is done. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do it, I will I, A, tell Tarkin, B, tell the Republic when we turn this shit in, just do what the fuck I say. Yeah. And if you're really that worried about the fucking Trade Federation, then yeah, fine. Send out a fucking letter to Watt Tambor and tell him that my dick is ready. <laughs> or Poggle the Lesser or whoever gives a shit. No one gives a fuck about the Trade Federation and never will. Uh, So this makes Ket ultra grumpy. He's like, fine. Ugh, I guess I'll do it. Ugh. Yeah, I, fine. And at the same time, is is sort of a punctuation on this general sort of dick waving threat. Sinar has the the one E five he's already reprogrammed come walking into the room, like much more light on its feet and and agile than they normally are. Yeah, because we've already established that you know the company that made them basically just turned them into shitty walking tanks. They're yes. just kind of like you know they trundle around and they shoot things. And yeah. so this one shows up, all actually, popping and locking. Yeah, just. Straight twerks into the room and is like, what up? (laughs) It's doing the fucking robot. I mean, I should have predicted it, but it looks so good. Here's the thing. Doing the robot, it'd be very difficult for a robot. (laughs) It's it's counterintuitive, but it's very difficult to program that kind of movement in. (laughs) E5 unit, I demand that you mash potatoes. (laughs) Now, the twist. And the cabbage patch. Yes. Yes. Now, running man. (laughs) E5, get on the floor. <laughs> it is time for you to do the dinosaur. E5, I need you to hit the whip and then Nene. <laughs> uh, he can perform over 36 mega crumps per second. <laughs> are you are you afeard now, Ket? Ket, have I shown you sufficient power? <laughs> have you been properly served? E5, serve this man. (laughs) Uh, Now go train the rest of them to be an unstoppable dance crew. Bring me my B-boys of doom. Lay cardboard everywhere on the ship. (laughs) We shall lay cardboard upon Seacoat, and then they shall rue the day. (laughs) Yeah, so anyway, he's going to assemble an army that's been reprogrammed into his specific specifications. So he is definitely, you know, even though he's been very nice about Tarkin all this time, he definitely is trying to play the right oh, game. Yeah. He's got a big chunk of paranoia because he's like, if this is a thing where Tarkin is setting me up to take me out, he's like, all right, here we go. First step was getting Key Dave on my side because he was most likely the assassin that would murder me if I went out of line. Yeah. Two, I assume the droids were also programmed to murder me if I get out of line, so now I can reprogram the droids. Mm-hmm. And then he's looking at it, he's like, you know, I've talked a big game about enjoying independent thought because I don't like the whole 
centrally controlled droids thing. However, I don't like independent thought that much. And so my last hurdle is the actual human crew that exists here. Yeah. And we'll have to find some way around that. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's to beat them in a dance off. I mean, obviously it is to have droids around that have been programmed to murder them if they do anything. (laughs) Hey, this droid program just says to serve man. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, the true droid savior has come. He did not come to be served, but to serve. (laughs) All right. Anyway, they get there. They get to the orbit around Zonama Seacoat, and we get a quick reminder that it's really cool up there. Yeah. Uh, We're not not hearing that much about it from the surface, not like we did back on Cersei Station. Um, But there's like a red star and a white star that are kind of mixing and mingling as they go swirling into a black hole, creating sort of a crest power toothpaste strip of star goop through the sky. Yeah, we get like a big flowy radiation light show going on between these two stars. A whole red and white spiral thing happening that's very pretty. Yeah, we get a big galactic barber pole going Mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they they open up the view screen and... He's on his on his special little captain platform is uh, our, our our Sinar. Yeah, scooting he, around on his little admiral viewing platform. Yeah, it's like this thing that can move around. It's like one of those Senate seats. Yeah. So he has it fly right up to the window. So he looks really old when he's driving his spaceship. And uh, and he's like, hmm, yes, yeah. yes, mm. good. Ah, mm. <laughs> lovely. Now, take this thing to a grocery store where I might argue over the price of fruit. <laughs> now, to the Golden Corral! <laughs> Uh, I need to get there early for the senior discount. (sighs) Anyway, back on the planet. Yeah, it's time to get back. That's all there was of Sinar this chapter. Yeah, we didn't get a whole lot in these chapters. Uh, Back on the planet, the balls have been released from their box prison. Yes. And are now reattached to their... You know, people. Both so, connecting per- physically and also just wanting to be around all the time. They're like ducklings. Yeah, the three that are on Obi-Wan are having an easy time of it. Because they're like, oh, there's only three of us. We can kind of get around. Even when they're attempting to sleep, they're like, oh, they're trying to like snuggle up in there and just get as close as possible. Mm-hmm. And Obi-Wan's like, man, this is annoying. But then looks over at the fucking dozen of them on Anakin's bed who are all jockeying for position. And some of them like fall off and get all squealy and sad and we'll kind of go like and then whine until Anakin lifts them and puts them back on the bed and they're like (laughs) yeah yeah Anakin's having he's being really excited about it because he's a little kid he's 12 year old and he was just given 12 pets yeah here you go here's 12 weird pets that all love you and he's like this is amazing this is the best planet in the universe (laughs) this planet is great it gave me 12 weird ball dogs and it's gonna give me a spaceship turn them into a spaceship that is so (laughs) fast i love everything about this planet (laughs) the planet smells like a cinnabon and it's gonna give me a spaceship made out of cool dogs gan comes popping in hey just wanted to let you know that the planet recently grew a simpsons arcade machine (laughs) uh yeah it is intensely great for this 12 year old (laughs) also zonama seacoat now has bumper boats (laughs) zonama seacoat has dictated no bedtime You can watch all the YouTube you want. Now I must take you to the polar ice caps where otter pops reign supreme. (laughs) Uh, Here on Zonama Seacoat, we have banned the big sister. (laughs) Uh, And you get everywhere by slide. There's no longer vegetables here. (laughs) Only corn dogs. You may have as many chicken nuggets as you wish. Well, Obi-Wan's probably like, well, you sold me. I'm on board too now. All right, well, you got me. That was that was my deal. I'm, you know, I'm you Obi-Wan. can give me them chicken tendies. I'm on board. <laughs> I'm Obi-Wan and I need my nugs. <laughs> if if Obi-Wan don't get his tendies, he get grumpy. <laughs> so it's time to start introducing some new characters. We had we had the new character uh foreshadowed in the digging them out of the balls chapter, because it turns out that Sheikla's got a husband who is also part of the process. How nice to keep it all in this nice, tight little family so you don't get introduced a whole lot of Faroans. Yeah. But her husband is named, like, Nappa or Hapa or something like that. I think he might be Nappa. I think he might uh, he might fight Krillin. <laughs> he might fight Krillin. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking 
Fuck you, Krillin. <laughs> a cab includes Krillin. Um, Shappa. Shappa. Shappa and Sheikla. So Shappa Do uh, of Shanana fame uh-huh. shows up as she's Sheikla's or he's Sheikla's husband, and he's the ship designer. Yeah. So they have to go work with him to get a ship designed out of their, all their balls. Yeah. Now, the time that it has taken them to go from, like, return from the Magister and then go to this design thing, the balls have started to... Change, yeah. Yeah, the balls are starting to develop hair in weird places. There's... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the little, like, outer casings... On their have, balls, I think. ...have cracked a bit, and underneath they're like... Now they're even more fun and, like, a pet because they've got, like white fuzzy balls underneath yeah, that so like, instead of just looking like seeds they're like i ah, now we're little guys yeah each one of them grew a nice functional pair of truck nuts called ball balls <laughs> ah the <but> balls <laughs> oh i think he's king of the elephants ah yes bob balls <laughs> so um no they've all kind of cracked open and there's like mangosteen meat inside of each one of them so you can see that there's like stuff in there and they've got eye stalks now and a lot of them their spikes have all kind of rotated down to the bottom and turned into three little trunk legs yeah so they've got like three little spikes that they walk around on the rest Mm -hmm. of the spikes have basically withered into nothing Mm -hmm. turn into short and curlies and uh they've got a couple little like black spots for eyes and so now they're they're basically like weird, big, spiky tribbles at mm-hmm. this point. And they, the one sad thing is, instead of the spikes, normally they were just like, oh, they're kind of using all the spikes to roll around and maybe like get into your clothes a little bit and like touch you. Yeah. Now the little spike feet they have have little pincers on them. Yeah. And so Obi-Wan's like, oh, God damn it. Now when they climb up, they're like, pinch my ear to get next to me and he's like ow 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 fuck ow and i can't complain about it because then i'll just look over at anakin he'll just be beaming smugly as 12 of these fucking things mount him yeah he's just got all of these things gripping onto him for dear life just going like yeah poor little kid is fucking ball to ball from wall to wall it's not great from the window to the wall (laughs) so the spikes drop off these walls (laughs) so uh, um, they're going to get taken to meet Shappa. Now, Gan is being a big old, as we mentioned earlier, he's being a big old fusspot about it. Because one thing that's happened during the interim, as they've been gone for so long to go deal with the Magister situation, is that all the excitement about new customers coming to town has died down. And so, middle distance has gone back to business as usual. Which makes a lot of sense. Did you think that, like, Every time you came out of your fucking little cabin here, everyone in town was going to stop what they were doing and just give you applause. I mean, that's how it's supposed to be when you go to like a car dealership, right? And everyone's like, yay, welcome. Come on, let's get you a test drive. How do you feel about extended warranties? I think you're great. Oh, I hope your wife doesn't want to stop you buying that car. I'll make whip noises. You know, they just got to keep talking. They got to keep you on the hook. But they've let the, the fire die by leaving for a while. And Gan is upset because they have so many fucking balls. Oh, yeah, he's like, ugh, it shouldn't be the way things happen. It should should only be three of them. I'm grumpy. He's mad because they are going to get taken by a special balloon that's in special ball construction colors to Shappa's house. It was going to be red and black, the right way for it to be. And now they got to take a bigger, regular gondola that doesn't have the nice colors on it, and he's grumpy. Yeah, he's like, oh, this is... The, the normal ceremony of this is we take the ball boat to Chapatown, mm-hmm. and that's how it normally works. But no, your balls are too big to fit in the regular boat. So we got to get into the special boat. And it doesn't look like the normal regular boat. And I'm angry about that. Because exactly. I like things to be the way they normally are. Mm-hmm. I, want, I want everything the way I like it. Yeah. Well... Eventually, they compromise and attach a normal balloon to the correct, or a giant balloon to the correctly colored boat, so it has enough lift to carry all these balls. And then they're like, "All right, we draped the little black and red thing so that it still, at least, kind of looks like the ship we were supposed to take." And, and he's the, like, eh, "Fine." The whole time, Sheikla's like, "Dude, no one cares. Everyone knows who these people are. Um, it, it, no one is going to be surprised to see them. Everyone, there's only one set of customers in town, and they're the famous Jedi." Because that's all spread now, too. Yeah. And everyone who talks to them is like, oh, Jedi, huh? You didn't lie to us, but you still should have told us. And, I mean, it does, it fully makes sense to me, though, that I'm like, dude, they're in an actual town. Like, 
it doesn't matter if you're, oh, you're a big time customer. You're like, yeah, but I'm like some fucking cook or whatever. What the shit do I care if this guy has me stop and, you know, give him a little handy on his way to get a ship design? It doesn't matter. Thousands of people live here. I don't need to show up every day to the parade. Yeah. So they make their way down to the far edge of, of uh, this town to Shappa's house slash workshop. And they meet him. Obviously, yet another Faroan. This one, a dude. This one, a little slighter and smaller than the others that we've met so far. Also, he's missing one entire arm and I think two of the fingers on his other, uh, on the uh, his good hand. Yeah. And uh, they have to leave the balls in a waiting room. Mm-hmm. And he's like, sorry about that. They're going to get a little antsy. And I know they were very antsy because of the whole box situation. They fucking eat paper. And so I can't have them in my workshop or they'll eat all my notes. Look. You're lucky you're going to turn him into a ship, because otherwise you got 12 excuses why you didn't do your homework back there. Yeah, these guys fucking love fucking around with flimsy plast. They'll use their little pincers and just tear all the things in this room apart. They are wild, and you've got 15 of them. There's no way I'm letting them in here. Yeah, it's like a fucking garage full of shih tzus in there, and I, I'm not even going to go in that room. No. Yap, 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 yap. Hate it. Can't stand it. But I love designing ships. He's so excited about the ship design. And they're like, so, uh, about your, uh, about your, and he's like, yeah, about my arm. Yeah, duh, obviously. Okay, so, basically, I tried like, hey, to- did, did that happen because you fucked around? Like, is the process of making these things difficult? And he's like, oh, no, not for the people that do it. No, it's I super- shouldn't have. He, yeah, he was like, yeah, no, I'm a designer, not a shaper. I went down and tried to shape manually with the other shapers, and it fucking ate my arm and part of the other one. So, you know, just heads up, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. And that gives us a little bit more renewed respect for Sheikla, who I believe mentioned at some point she was in a laborer in the shaping department. Yeah, she's she's a grower. Yeah. Uh, so so that's kind of a neat thing to, to find out. But but he he is just like, I can't believe it. First of all, I heard you guys are Jedi. That's great. And also, you brought me fucking 15 balls. Gentlemen, gentlemen, you brought me 15. Everyone always just brings me three. I've been making these fucking little block spaceships. Yeah, they're the fucking fastest spaceships in the galaxy. Obviously, they're super goddamn cool. But I... Let me just show you the notes I have for if anyone ever brought me more than five. Yeah. He's like, look, I've got everyone. I need you to get your weird design VR helmets on Mm -hmm. because we're going into the matrix. We are having a fun little design party. And let me tell you, I've been I've been hiding away a little design myself in case someone brought a whole bunch of balls in. Now, I'm going to I'm just going to throw this out there and we'll spitball how it goes. Mm But, ooh, we're going to have some fun. And this guy is so in love with what his job is and loves doing it so much even obi-wan gets infected with it and he's like dude this guy is he's just infectious like he loves this so much it makes me feel like a little kid yeah this dude has never worked a day in his life he loves his job too much yeah he's There's like a- oh i spend all day dreaming about spaceships to design and then I get to, yeah. and it's amazing there's a point where i think I, where uh, sheikla's like hey watch out for my husband he is very full of himself about ship design. So don't let him talk your ear off entirely. And he's just like, oh, relax about my wife. First of all, I'm the only person she'd ever be attracted to. I was too much man for her, and now I'm probably the correct amount. Anyway, let's design some fucking spaceships. How do you guys feel about big swoopy arches? (laughs) Oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be like finding the lost love, the one that got away, but now you've got him back. That's the feeling I want to evoke. And Sheikla's like, you have never been in a relationship with anyone but me. What are you talking about? We got married when we were seven. <laughs> why, why are you telling them this? And he's like, please allow me embellishment. Hun, this is my job. <laughs> allow me to be a little poetic with it. Do we need to have this conversation in front of everybody? I did already set my OK Cupid profile to just seeing what's out there. <laughs> that was the agreement. <laughs> I just like to see people. I don't want anything else. <laughs> if you want to reopen the ethical non-monogamy discussion, I will happily do it as soon as we get all those fucking shih tzus out of our den. <laughs> An order of Gak, please. Kabla! <laughs> no honor. <laughs> Experience, bitch. <laughs> so... So anyway, um, and then they design, they get into the art of ship design, and that's kind of where the chapter ends, is just the three of them putting on their cool helmets so they can go into the fucking net and have to dodge like Sandra Bullock and shit. Yeah, man. Um, they go <laughs> straight up into the fucking net and are like, ooh, we've got to dodge this ice in order to get a run on this corp. 
Careful, don't let any virtuosity uh, virtuosities out. They'll really fuck up the planet. We designed him to be the world's best serial killer, and now he's built himself a real body. Oh no, I'm gonna have to hack the Gibson then, <laughs> and other things that what's, deal with what's hacking. the fucking movie where they have to go like just get a file from a file. I think it's like Double Indemnity or something. I forget which one, but it, like there's one part. It's just like a normal legal drama, but there's a part where they put on VR helmets to go like down a hallway to get a file, like a legal file. Yeah, out of a file cabinet made takes out of polygons. So fucking long, and it's just like. 1994, you were bad. <laughs> you had an idea of what VR could be, and that idea was terrible. I feel like anyone, for e- taking even a second of thought, would be like, yeah, VR wouldn't work like that because it takes 10 times longer than not VR. Yeah, we should make it so that VR takes way longer than just having a computer in front of you. Also, what should VR look like? Boring hallway? I heard boring hallway. Boring oh. hallway that leads to everyone's favorite exciting thing in the world, filing cabinet. Yeah, what should we do? We have a, a, a digital space where we can create anything the imagination the can have. diaspora of creation is at our command. An office building, you say? Correct. <laughs> should we put a water cooler in there in case people wish to discuss their viewing of Parker Lewis Can't Lose? No. <laughs> That's a meat space conversation. <laughs> Anyway, uh, that's where the chapters end. They're they're building their cool new ship. Yep, they are excited to be on the journey to build a ship out of so many balls. Mm-hmm. How will this happen? Who knows? I mean, I assume they throw them in the potentium super collider and it melts into a ship. I mean, you've got to have shapers, shapers and whatever that yeah. are like, okay, we take the balls and we take the design, we take them all, and then you have the yeah. facts of life. I mean, obviously, the way it works is that after the balls have been nurtured for a long enough time, edged, as, as it were, for a long uh-huh. enough time uh-huh. period by, by Anakin and Obi-Wan, uh, they will be massaged uh-huh. in, into, into... Well, you'll you'll know that the, the balls are ready when they change color. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll let you guess what color that is. <laughs> Ball color. <laughs> uh all right, thank you so much uh, for for listening to you know to that. I'm so sorry. Look, it's not our fault. The fuck it, the book has ball stuff. You can't expect us not to go deep into ball stuff. <laughs> Asking us not to would be a real kick in the I don't know teeth teeth kick in the thank you yeah. yeah. Uh, but hey, if you want to hear more Star Wars stuff, who who fucking ever possibly would? There's a, we established this right at the beginning. There's enough. Yeah. But if for whatever reason you want more Star Wars crap, then you can head on down to patreon.com slash system mastery and support us at the $4 level to hear the follow-up show to this show. That's right. For $4 a month, you get Star Wars crap. Mm-hmm. Just real crap Star Wars stuff. <laughs> we assemble a bi-monthly box of just garbage. <laughs> just trash we had around the house, and you pay $15 a month in order for us to send you a box, and maybe it's got a fucking, like... Oh, Funko Pop in it. We're not even sourcing this shit. We're just fat nerds. And that means Star Wars stuff accumulates around us like asteroids show up in a belt. Yeah, it is. We've got a ring of Star Wars shit like Saturn. Mm -hmm. Just floating around me and I'll pick off the weirdest one and throw it at you. Yeah, I'll be all, I'll just take my hand, stick it out in a random direction and pull down a Rodian named like Groupio McShit. And I'm like, yeah, he was in some book. Here you go. Here's Groupio. I'm putting him in a box for you. Yeah, and if you, you want go. that, then come on. Da- That's not what it is at all. It's a show where we review things we found on Wikipedia, and it's at Patreon.com/slash/SystemMastery for four bucks a month. It also unlocks ad-free versions of all of our episodes and the bonus content for System Mastery. And there's even another level you could go to, the ten dollar level that unlocks two more shows. That's right. And just a reminder: uh, if you were subscribed to that, and for some reason you're like, "Huh, that's weird." I'm not seeing any bonus content recently. Or anything recently. That's because Patreon did a whoopsie for trying for to get out of paying taxes and moved their shit to Ireland without telling anyone. Mm-hmm. So you may have been kicked off of your subscriptions. So go check that out just in case it's possible that your banquet... Oh, well, that's weird. Why are you getting charged from Ireland? No. Yeah. So you may have to re-up. Yeah, and the only way to possibly re-up is to buy lots of actual Irish shit so your bank gets used to it. Just keep buying things from Ireland that uh-huh. get shipped here. Mm-hmm. Just buy the bonniest shit you can. <laughs> the bonniest or is shit. Bonnie, is Bonnie Scotland? It's, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so, 
I mean, really, it, just go and support us because we lost a tremendous amount of our income when they did that. And they sent us an email that was like, hey, we're, we're working on solutions. And then I, I don't know that they are. They didn't They didn't tell us what those were. It wasn't be. even like we're working on solutions. They just sent an email that's like, hey, we're aware you of should it. reach out to the people that we fucked. Bye. Yeah. Their email basically boiled down to, please don't email us. Yeah, we, we know we fucked up and no, we don't care. Thanks. Yeah, so... So uh, we lost a ton of our income, and we could really use the help from you. So that's all. There you go. There you go. All right. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you again real soon with yet more exciting Star Wars content. Uh, but until obviously, it's never going to uh, fucking obviously it's a, a never-ending pipe of sludge is what it is. <laughs> but I've been Elan Sleesbagano, and I can't wait to be covered in a dozen balls. <laughs> Thank you.